Kayak Fishing Radio presents From the Space Coast of Florida The Redfish Chuck Show Featuring your host Charles Levi A.K.A. Redfish Chuck And the Redfish Chuck Show's co-host Alan Ryland And also featuring The Redfish Chuck Show's other co-host Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Radio.com. To submit your local fishing report to be aired on Kayak Fishing Radio and the Kayak Fishing Radio iPhone and Android app, please follow these steps. Step 1. Create a Skype account. Step 2. Add Kayak Fishing Radio to your contacts on Skype. Step 3. Call Kayak Fishing Radio and you will hear a recorded greeting. Start recording after the tone. If you do not have a computer or access to one, you may call in via phone at 404-890-5232. That's 404-890-5232. Hello? Can you hear me, brother? Yes, I can hear you now. Do you hear me? Chuck, you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? I cannot hear I cannot hear anything you're saying. Every once in a while. Can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you. Good gracious. All right, folks. Let's try this again. You still have me? <laughs> I got you on. I don't know what happened. Say what? I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I know. I, I got bad reception in the house. I'm on my cell. Um, unfortunately, it would appear that with the freeze and everything else that's going on all across the country, Skype is all jacked up. So oh, I couldn't log into Skype. Yep. yep, I'm sure. I'm sure because a lot of power is out all over the place, so I'm sure that's what's going on. Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, welcome to the Always interesting start of the Redfish Chuck show here on Monday nights at Kayak Fishing Radio. Um, we're going to run through this show pretty quick. we got a, a ball game we need to be watching tonight. Um, and in case you live underneath a rock or you just, you're not a fan of college football and there's something wrong with you, um, we've got the Florida State Criminals, I mean Seminoles, taking on the, uh, the Auburn Tigers or War Eagles. It's the only team I know of that has two separate, like, Scots or whatever. not a fan of either team personally, but uh, whenever it comes down to rooting for somebody other than my beloved, horrible Florida Gators, uh, I always go with an SEC team. So I hope, I don't know that we have much of a prayer, but I hope that Auburn will take it. So we'll see. But anyhow, I digress. Um, We've taken a couple of weeks off here at the show. Appreciate everybody hanging in there tough and waiting for us to come back, you know, with the holiday and everything. I figured we'd just take a couple weeks off and do uh, do some family time, that kind of thing. Um, I know it gave Peppy some opportunities to go kill some ducks, as you like to do, brother. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. And I am and ducked out right now. <laughs> ducked out. Well, that's good to hear because uh, I need some, I need some uh, brotherly support on the flats, and we'll get back to that here in just a few minutes because I went out the other day and didn't have quite 
the uh, spectacular day I was hoping for. But um, anyhow, uh, in other news, our other co-host here on the Redfish Chuck Show, Alan Ryland, is not going to be with us tonight. Unfortunately, there's a little family medical emergency going on. So, uh, you know, prayers are with him as always, and it seems like the, they just can't catch a break. So, uh, you know, we'll say a little prayer for for Alan's family and hope that everything works out all right tonight with what's going on with them. So um, other than that, uh, let's see, a couple things I want to get to real quick. Of course, uh, with not being here on the show for the last couple of weeks, we've also had our shop closed up here in Titusville. Um, KBB and KBB, KBB Outfitters or Kayaks by Bo. Um, we will be back operational tomorrow. Looking forward to being back in the store. I've kind of missed it. I haven't kind of missed it. I've really missed it. And uh, looking forward to uh, to rolling into the new year on a positive note and trying to get a lot of things accomplished right off the get-go. So um, feel free to stop on by, check us out, whatever. Um, like us on Facebook if you haven't already done so. It's KBB Outfitters is the page or Kayaks by Bose, uh, Inc. Uh, I think it's Inc. Either Inc. or LLC. I think it's LLC, actually. Kayaks by Bose, LLC. So uh, check out that page and uh, there you go. Uh, I want to thank a couple of my sponsors real quick. Um, as most of you know or may have seen on my Facebook page, I've been trying to uh, get together funds to be able to go to Panama to do some kayak fishing. Uh, there's a big trip coming up uh, next month, and I was invited to take place uh, in that or take part in that trip. So I reached out to some of my sponsors to see if I can get some uh, some support. Uh, to get there, and a few of them have stepped up, so I definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, so uh, Railblazer Yak Gear, uh, Frank Stapleton of Hobie, um, and it would appear that possibly Orca Coolers is going to help me out too. So thank you very much to those companies. Um, share share the love with them if you don't mind. Go to their Facebook pages and just like their Facebook pages. Um, they, they always appreciate that. And that's pretty much it, man. That's the goings-on. I had a good Christmas. Family had a good Christmas. Um, New Year's was eventful, but we'll leave it at that. And uh, uh, that's pretty much it. What you been going? What's been going on with you, Peppy? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of duck hunting more than anything. Um, um, been doing mainly some of that and, and, you know, went down to Miami for the holidays Spent some time down there. Had my had my my parents came up. Um, they were here for a few days and stuff. So mainly been doing that kind of stuff. But as far as duck hunting, this past weekend was it was one of those it's one of those tiring, gruesome uh, weekends of of hunting with hardly any sleep. I mean, I, I mean I'm feeling it right now. I've been my back's out right now. My back's been out all day, um, and it started on Friday and. Friday night, 11 o'clock, left at 11 o'clock at night, no sleep, hunting the next day on Saturday through marsh and all this stuff, paddling through marsh, all kinds of stuff, then barely getting any sleep again on Saturday afternoon. I got a little bit of, a little bit of sleep on Saturday afternoon and then up again on, so we got a whole bunch of ducks on Saturday. We had a really good hunt on Saturday and then on Sunday morning again up at 1 o'clock in the morning to go hunt again Sunday morning. I mean, it's, and we had another good hunt, decent hunt on Sunday. I mean, it could have been a little better, but it was all right. It was good. Um, and then a three and a half hour drive home from where we were. So, (laughs) so, so it was grueling, you know, it was one of those tiring, tiring weekends that, you know, you're almost glad it's over. You know, I love duck hunting and all that stuff, but after you get done doing all that, you're like, Oh my gosh, man. You know, those days that I go fishing, it's almost like I'm going fishing. It's like, oh, I'm sleeping in. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like consider sleeping in. <laughs> but, but yeah, we, we'll, we'll have plenty of ducks to eat, that's for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, um, one of my neighbors just went yesterday, and uh, they did pretty good, I guess. Um, they had kind of an interesting situation. I know I talked to... Alan about it. I sent you some pictures. Um, they had what would appear to have been wadding from one of the shells get stuck in the in the in the shotgun, 
And when he fired off the next round, the whole side of the barrel blew out. And uh, luckily for the guys in the blind, the shooter was on the end of the blind, on the outside end of the blind, so there's nobody next to him. And the uh, the side of the gun that blew out was facing the uh, the waterway. So um, all the pellets and things like that that shot out that direction uh, just went off into you know the waterway as opposed to the side of someone's head. So very blessed that's in that regard for sure. Um, kind of a crazy situation, I guess. But uh, you know, cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad you had a good season, man. I mean, that's awesome. Um, you know, I. I I threatened to go a couple of times with some of my buddies and stuff, and I just never, never got around to getting my permits and stuff. So hopefully next season I'll get a chance to jump into a duck blind and try and kill my first duck. But um, in other news, since this is kayak fishing radio, we'll get into some of that. I <laughs> um, went out and uh, did a little experimental trip in the Holliver Canal. However, it wasn't in a kayak uh, a couple of nights ago. And, um, you know, the fishing was a little slow for us. We, we didn't fish underneath the, underneath the bridge or um, around the fenders and the areas that are normally more productive. We tried some different things that we had been told had been really, really hot. So um, it was a little slow. Um, but the shrimp are running, so that was cool. Um, so let me set the stage for you. There's three rednecks and a dude in the boat who is – a surf rat, <laughs> um, trying to figure out how without a shrimp net, without a bait net, how we're going to catch shrimp that are swimming past the boat. What was that? Was that a boat out there doing that? Yeah, we were in a boat. Oh, it was you guys doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was us. <laughs> yeah, I was one of the rednecks, so... Um, we're sitting there and uh, trying to figure it out, and I'm like, "Well, damn, you got a cast net?" And I'm figuring, "Oh my a cast net, it'll work." Well, <laughs> oh, dude, a lot of work, and uh, I got some shrimp. I- I'm not going to say that I filled the bucket because I certainly didn't do that. But about I don't know a dozen or two shrimp in, not even that many, maybe like eight shrimp in, I uh, I realized I realized that. Um, that it was uh, it, this was a giant waste of time and energy. So we decided at that point, which was around 11:40 at night, that we're going to pack up the boat, load it back up on the trailer, and take off to uh, Walmart. So we get to Walmart to buy a shrimp net, and they have like uh, you know the old school blue shrimp net. It's got kind of a lip on the basket. You know, not the huh. best shrimp net out there, but it works. And uh, we had the hunting lamps, headlamps that he used, that my neighbor uses for gator hunting. So that's the extent of the lights that we had, and uh, and one shrimp net because that's all that Walmart had. So we go back to Holliver. We launched about 12:30, actually about yeah about 12:30, 12:45, and uh, we're out for maybe five minutes. We get past the clearing of the uh, little the launch area, and shrimp are everywhere. So we're dipping like crazy. I'm, I'm dipping like crazy. I'm on the bow of the boat, got a headlamp on. Everyone I see, I'm trying to dip, whatever. And we're doing pretty good. And uh, we're watching the guys that are set up on anchor that are shrimping with lights just wear it out. I mean, that's the way to do it. Anchor up, drop mm-hmm. your lights in the water, and just go to town. We were kind of pretty much just hunting them up and down Oliver Canal using the motor to kind of move us around, and uh, which worked out okay. I mean, it really did. I'm sure we missed a lot of shrimp by doing that, but um, we didn't do too bad. We ended up with uh, about two and a half, maybe three gallons of shrimp, um, which wasn't too bad for not being really set up for it. But uh, it's definitely something that we're going to start doing a little bit more of, and I just got some inside information on a, an area that I think we're going to need to go and do uh, not only shrimping but fishing, and I'm really anxious to take the kayaks there. Um, a super secret location that I cannot disclose at the moment, but only to the, the you know certain few uh, co-hosts of my show here, where we can go and <laughs> maybe do some work to a in a spot that I know hundred with a hundred percent certainty hasn't been touched by anybody in a long time. So 
Um, but anyhow, so that's interesting. Uh, so my my day basically started off that morning, that shrimping day. At, I don't know what time it was. It was early, but um, like seven o'clock or something with the kids. And so we went shrimping. We didn't get home till roughly about four four thirty um, in the morning. Uh, I laid down for a power nap of about thirty minutes. Woke back up, loaded up the kayak, took off to the lagoon to meet up with Zach Reese um, to go fish, and uh, which we were supposed to take Tom from kayaks by fishing, but apparently he had hurt his back, which we're hoping that he's feeling better by now, but uh, he hurt his back so he couldn't make it. <clears throat> so we put in, we launched, uh, we covered a lot of ground. I'm going to say we probably covered close to, I don't know, 15 miles or so, and uh, saw lots of fish, lots of tailing fish. Came across one of the biggest schools of slot fish I'd seen in a long time, um, and tons of giant trout. I mean, more giant trout you could shake a stick at. You guess how many fish I caught that week? Uh, <laughs> one. <laughs> I didn't catch a damn thing all day. Oh, oh my God. Nothing. And I, and believe me when I tell you, I tried everything with the exception of live bait. I tried everything I had, plastics, hard baits, uh, SSTs, STBs, uh, SSBs. I tried exude crabs. I tried freaking everything. <laughs> and I got denied after deny after deny. Tailing fish would deny me. First thing in the morning, we're coming across a flat, and there's like a group of six that are tightly tightly bound up, and they're, they're tailing their butts off. And it, that's almost a guaranteed hookup. Any normal day, yeah. that's almost a guaranteed hookup, right? Well, oh, yeah. not today. Not that day. Nope. Totally just denied <laughs> me. So uh, that hurt. Hurt my ego a little bit first thing in the morning. And uh, didn't have sunglasses with me. Forgot them at the house. That was good. Um, I couldn't see very well. Um, but, yeah, so whatever. Got completely denied, man. I mean, even when we found that That's giant great. school of spot fish, I figured one of us is going to hook up. And me That's and Zach both yeah. were casting at him, casting at him, casting at him, and it just never happened. I don't know. Days, I, I think uh, Alan, I think Alan on Saturday went out with Chris Sensi, and supposedly they got denied all day long, supposedly, too, is what I heard. Yeah, yeah, he told me. He, he didn't get a single sniff. He never caught He never caught a fish. Yeah. Chris caught, I think Chris yeah. caught two small fish, and then the guy that was with him caught one that was kind of upper slot, and that was it. And they were running all over the place. They covered some ground. And, yeah. I mean, I had tail and fish from probably within, at, at any point, I had tail and fish from, you know, 15 yards away from the kayak. And I couldn't get <laughs> any. And it wasn't for lack of putting of a good placement or any of that crap. I don't want to hear that garbage because I, I, dude, I made some presentations that I thought it was here it comes like getting ready to do the Chris Sensi I'm gonna rip your face off hook set. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I even threw the Savage Gear shrimp thinking that maybe they're just keyed, on, keyed in on the shrimp because the shrimp run. And uh, dude, I, I I don't know. I didn't have any answers, man. I couldn't figure it out. And so we stayed out there. We scratched at it. We we started the morning early, right before safe light, which, by the way, here's my uh, public service announcement for every kayaker who launches Eagle Lagoon that launches early in the morning. Do not, I repeat, do not launch your kayak on a foggy morning without a light on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, people. Really? And Zach was sitting at the ramp, and he told me that uh, he had seen several kayakers launch in the morning, and not one of them had a light on. Now, you want you want to die? <laughs> That's a pretty good way of, of sealing your fate right there. You go out in the Mosquito Lagoon on a foggy morning on a busy weekend without a light on your kayak. You're pretty much asking for it. You know, I mean, I'm just saying it, 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 it doesn't take much. You can, you can make your own light. You can buy um, 
you can buy a light. Yak Gear sells a great light, as well as uh, as well as, as, well as uh, um, Yak Attack. I mean, everybody makes a good a good light, but uh, get yourself a light and get out there and, and get after it. I mean, it doesn't make any sense not to be safe. Plus, too, like. At the end of the day, you're breaking the law if you don't have a light on your kayak and you're out before safe light or up before sunup, which sunrise is not when you think it looks like it's starting to come up. Sunrise is what? Like typically uh, almost 45 minutes after this first light off in the distance, right? That's right. Yep. Yep. So there you go. That's it. Public service announcement over. But, yeah, just wanted people to be safe, man. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then also, let's just, we might as well get into this too real quick. We're not going to do our customary breaks tonight because if I walk in my bedroom, you know, I'm going to lose reception. So, but um, use use some common sense on the water when you're on the water uh, when it comes to uh, giving people room. Etiquette, flats etiquette. We talk about it all the time, flats etiquette. You know, I watched. I, I sat back and watched a couple of kayakers come go way too close to flats boats. Guys that are pushing, push pulling up on flats boats, um, on flats the other day, and I was just shaking my head like, this is why the guys in flats boats hate us. <laughs> I mean, there's no other reason why they would they would dislike us as badly as they do, but that's why. I mean, dudes were going like within 10, 15 feet of these dudes on flats boats. I mean. Uh, what, yeah, what's your, what's your standard rule of thumb, Pepe, on that? No, I try to stay. I mean, I try to stay. I stay away. If somebody's working a flat, if there's a boat out there working a certain flat, and I know and I see the direction he's working in, I try to stay away from that direction that he's going in because he eventually is going to get to that spot. Even if I go past him a little bit, I know he's going to get there. I mean, I try to move way far away from him. I don't want to be even close. To where he's at, or anything like that, or um, you know, just just the other day, you know, I'm not going to mention names or anything like that, but I'm sure I'm not on, I'm, I'm not I'm not on the chat right now, so I can't see who's on there or anything like that. But somebody that we know the other day, there was an old man fishing in a flats boat, and he was working a certain area. He was working some docks, and this certain kayaker just went right around them. Went about 30, like two docks down and started working the same line of docks. And I was like, oh, boy, he, he's that guy. <laughs> he's that guy. <laughs> oh, he's that guy. Yeah, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> and then when later on when he came over to us, I go, I go, uh, buddy, uh, that right there what you did, that old man was about to kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just don't do that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. My rule of thumb is if I'm on a flat and there's no structure, no docks, no nothing, I give whoever's on a flat, whether it be a kayaker or a flats boat, at least a 100-yard buffer. Yeah. You know, I figure 300 yeah. feet, 100 yards, that's a pretty good buffer to go around them. When I say buffer, that means I just stay outside of that, that circle of 100 yards. So, yeah. um, and, and that's that's being that's that's being close to them. You know, typically I yeah. like to stay as far away as possible, get as far up ahead of them as possible, and then cut in and then start working a flat. And if he's working that direction, a lot of times I won't even do that. If, if I see somebody working, say north from south, yeah, and I'm working, you know, north from south, I'll stay behind him. If he beat me to the flat, that's his flat to fish. I get to pick up the scraps. Is the way I look at it. You know, exactly. If that's, left that's, behind him, then yeah. That's the way I've seen it, and I've had it the other way around where it's happened that actually it's – I've actually had good boaters, really nice boaters, that we've actually worked the same school of fish. Them on a flats boat and me in the kayak, and we've actually worked the same school of fish. And actually, with their help, they were letting me know, since one guy's sitting on the polling platform, he's letting me know where the fish are. So he we, yeah. we actually – if he worked it from one side, I was working from the other side, and the school just happened to be right in between us. So, yeah. I mean, we were both working this. I mean, I was working one way, he was working the other way. We were going to eventually run into each other, but the school of fish was right there. So, and he was right. a nice guy, you know, really nice guy. And we actually helped each other out, and, and and that worked out, you know. So, 
and and you know it was one of those things that that I didn't cut him off, he didn't cut me off or anything like that. You know, it was one of those things we just the school of fish was just right in between us. I was working from the other side, he was working from one way and we just eventually we were both working into the same flat but the school of fish was right in between us, so it worked out good. But I yeah. you know, I try to give everybody their their uh I try to give everybody their their space, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna you know we've had it done plenty of times to us. I know we've been out there together when guys have done it to us and even even kayakers. I mean, it's done it to kayakers. I mean, I have some kayakers like we've had before, Chuck, that, you know, all of a sudden we're working a flat, and here comes a guy cutting right in between the flat that we're working. It's like, yeah, hello, buddy. It's like, uh, yeah, just just go ahead and go right through, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, that was, you were with me, weren't you, in the no motor zone the day the dude went, like, right between us? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Here's the story real quick, folks. And this is one of those, like, scratch your head for a second and just question everything that you've ever been taught about respect on the, on the waterway. We're working this flat in a line. It's like four of us, four or five of us working this flat in a line. And it's usually the way we end up doing it because this way here, no one's fishing dirty water. Everyone's fishing, you know, in a line. If someone bumps up a, a school of fish, then the rest of us can kind of like pick off the stragglers that someone hooks up, you know, and it works out really well. Actually, it's, it's a great way to cover a lot of ground and, and locate fish when they are schooling. So we're doing this, we, and we've paddled quite a ways to get to where we're at. And this dude comes stroking on down, on down the flat like he's just on a mission. And it's not like you couldn't bounce to the outside. You've got about two miles between shoreline and shoreline in this particular location. And... He he literally cut right through the center of our group of guys working the flat and just paddled straight down the flat right out in front of us. Never even slowed down the fish. Just kept paddling, 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 paddling. And paddled for probably, what, a good quarter mile and then slowed down and started fishing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just like, really? <laughs> like, it doesn't even make any sense. Like, you know, if you want to join up with us, just say, hey, man, can I you know, sneak in here and join in with you guys, whatever? And we'd say, yeah, no problem, absolutely, whatever. More the merrier. But That's right. to uh, to just paddle up and just paddle on past people. And, you know, it's only going to get worse as the wintertime progresses because there's going to be more and more people out on the water because you can go out later. You can stay out later. And, um, you know, and the fishing is actually really good down here in, in the wintertime typically. I don't know what the heck was going on with them the other day, but, um, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. And I know the two of the boats that were on that flat were guys because they're good friends of mine, and, I, and they're both on fly charters. And I'm sitting there watching these guys with dudes standing on the bows of, of their boats on the casting platforms with fly rods in their hands looking for tailing fish. And I know what's going through their heads. You know, I know they're frustrated because you, you got this duolly in a kayak paddling on up to you like, you know, he owns the flat or whatever. And it's just, just, just use, use a little, you know, use a little, you know, just respect and just uh, give people a little bit of space. That's all. Um, yeah, there you go. I guess I did a couple of soapboxes tonight. I don't usually mean to do that, but that's just one of those things, you know, when I saw it, it was, it was, you know, I felt like I needed to bring that up tonight. So anyway, uh, so fishing, tactics for anybody who's up in the frozen white north or frozen southeast it seems um that wants to make a trip down to central florida and try and hit up uh the indian river banana river or the mosquito lagoon area this is a great time of year to do it you'll see lots of fish you have a, a potential of catching lots of fish under normal conditions um the beta choice this time of year typically crustacean based diet Fish are slowing down, lots more shrimp in the water, uh, crabs, that kind of thing, which we saw a lot of small blue crabs crawling around in, on the flats um, the other day. So <clears throat> get out there, get after it, throw those kinds of patterns and that kind of thing. Uh, work them slow. You know, I, I've had a couple of hits, a couple of good, pretty decent strikes, but they were like hesitant strikes, you know. They were like kind of mouthing it. 
Um, and those only came when I slowed it down to almost a dead crawl. So, uh, you know, get, use, uh, use that, that method and see how that works out for you. Um, nighttime fishing this time of year can be on, on point, man. Um, there's great fishing to be had around every bridge in the Indian River, uh, as, long as, as, as well as the Banana River, and um, obviously in Holliver Canal. Uh, it's been pretty decent there as well. So um, you know, there's a couple of options for you there. Um, another thing I wanted to get to real quick, uh, a, a somewhat of a controversial topic that has come up from time to time on our show, um, is fish handling. Um, it's the winter, so the water's nice and cold. Actually, it's downright cold right now. Uh, the fish have a lot of energy. There's a lot of oxygen in the water. This is the time of year to, to try and target fish on lighter tackle if you want to. So if you want to try and catch a 40-inch fish on 2,500-side spinner reel, feel free. Get after it. Um, I don't think you can wear those fish out to the point of exhaustion when there's that much oxygen in the water. Um, you know, this is the time of year when I like to do it. Um, also, too, when you do hook and land that fish, try and take as good a care of them as you can. Don't flop them in the kayak and bust their head on the bottom and all this stuff. You know, just ease them into the boat. Put a lipper on them if you want to um, to help you control them uh, if you can't get them in a net. And then uh, just try not to support them by the jaw. Even, you know, at any angle, I don't want, you know, just it's just not good. If you take pictures of fish hanging from their jaws, I would suggest that you don't put them on social media of any kind because you're probably going to get hammered for it. Um, unless, of course, it's a fish you plan on eating, then at that point I guess it doesn't really matter because it's going to die anyway. So, um, And uh, kudos to a few of our friends who have been killing it down at Sebastian Inlet on big tarpon and all that stuff and throwing plugs at night. Um, I would suggest, you know, trying not to drag 100-pound tarpon on the sand and get pictures with them and such as much as I've seen. And there's been some photos that circulated from that area down there of guys pulling them up over the rocks and holding them up by their gill plates and all this stuff. And just, come on, use some common sense when it comes to that. If they're still on the beach, beach wash, that's cool. But, I mean, if you're on dry sand with a 100-pound fish, he may swim out of your hands, but he's going to get eaten by a shark. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know why it became that show tonight, but, you know, whatever. It is. And uh, that's just that's just where it went. So. But you're, but you're right about this time. This time of the year on light tackle is the time to do it. Um, um, I know, I know uh, right now uh, Mike Canine's been fishing a lot lately with really – I mean, he's got a really light tackle rod. I mean, I forgot. I mean, it's like a, almost like, like a kitty rod with the yeah. 1,000 series reel on it or something with six-pound six pound braid on it or something like that he's got. And that's what yeah. he's fishing with right now. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the other day uh, when I went for, on my birthday, um, I've got a 1,000 size Saros from Shimano uh, that I've got on a crappie rod with four-pound mono. And I take that out in the wintertime when I know I'm on the slot size reds and I'll, and I'll try and land slot reds on that four pound mono. And I got one, <clears throat> I got one on my birthday, uh, that was in that little video that Zach put together for me. Um, and that was awesome. Yeah. Did you lose me? Chuck, you there? You there? Did you yeah, lose me? Not, you know, yeah, we lost Sorry. you there for a second. <laughs> All right. Well, take, talking about taking a fish that on typical gear, uh, 2,500s and 3,000 size reels with 10-pound braids, the whole thing, you could probably whoop in a matter of just a few seconds, if not maybe a minute. Now you're now you're hooking that same size fish on a little 1,000 with 4-pound with mono or 6-pound braid, and you literally have to play them. And it could take 10, it could take 5 minutes. It could take 5 to 10 minutes to land that fish if he doesn't yep. spool you, <laughs> you know, which I almost got spooled on the 25-inch on the that I caught on 4-pound on mono. Um, just because I couldn't put enough pressure on them, dude. That little rod bends it like the real seat. So there's, there's, there's no backbone at all. It's like fishing with a wet rubber band, as, as Alex likes to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a good time of year, man. It's a lot of fun, especially for those that like to throw the fly. This is definitely a good time of year to, to pick up the fly rod and 
get out there on the water, find yourself some belly crawling reds, um, you know, up in the super shallow water looking for fiddlers and little blue crabs and stuff and just pick those things apart. Um, I never really got that skinny the other day. I just, you know, we were seeing plenty of fish in deeper water, so I just figured I'd just stay in the deeper water. Most of the fish we saw tailing were in about a foot and a half, two foot of water. Um, so they were good-sized fish. I mean, they were definitely slot, you know, upper slot-sized fish and a little bit bigger. Um, and then uh, that one school that we came across was held up in a real shallow little bay on the backside of an island that I'd never fished before. Um, so that was cool. Went to a, a little area that I'd never been to, and I'd like to go back and explore a little bit more with you guys. And it, was, it looked really interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. You know, those Savage Gear shrimp this time of year would probably be the ticket. Um, an STB uh, is is a great bait, um, but I think that it, it may just be a little bit too big um, as far as the profile. Um, for the finicky fish, I would say probably going to something like an SSB or even just an SST from Slayer Inc. Um, you guys know that that's, that's the lure of our choice. I mean, we favor the Slayer stuff over anything else as far as soft plastics are concerned. Um, but, you know, I will throw that Savage Gear shrimp um, from time to time. Chris MC doesn't make a, a shrimp pattern, and until he does, I need to use something. So... Um, that one works out pretty well. Uh, other than that, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Just take your time, work a flat, you know, sit on it for a while and pay attention to what's going on around you. And if, you, if you're not in too much of a hurry and you kind of let things kind of progress on the flat as they will as the sun rises higher and higher in the day, you, you may be paddling past tons of fish that are just laying in the grass waiting to warm up, um, which is what we, we experienced when we were out there. As the sun got higher, more tails started popping up. So, I mean, we saw fish tailing all the way through from, I would say, 9 o'clock in the morning till almost almost 2.30. Uh, right before we got off the, got back to the launch, they, I saw my last tail of the day and still couldn't get meat. So, it was a frustrating day. It was a fun day. It was interesting to see what we saw out there as far as the locations and stuff and the amount of people running around on the flats and stuff. So definitely a lot of pressure this time of year. But water was crystal clear. I mean, I haven't seen it that clear in a very long time. We had top-to-bottom visibility almost out to the channel. Wow, that's great. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, other than that, that's pretty much all I got, man. Um, you got anything to add? No, that's about it. I mean, I, 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 the only thing is this time of the year, like you're saying, just fish later in the morning. And I agree wholeheartedly with the whole thing of smaller bait, smaller bait for sure. I mean, um, the fish this time of the year, just, it seems like the the bait that they're eating, except for large shrimp, but most of the, they're going after the smaller stuff this time of the year, it seems like, um, I tried to use the STB the other day, and I had to switch up. I had to switch up to the – I went to an STB is what I went to because just because of that. I didn't, I noticed I wasn't getting many hits on that stuff or, in, you know, the bigger bases, so I switched up to something small, and I actually started catching catching a couple more fish. Um, so that, you know, like you're saying, smaller baits is good. The Savage – I love that Savage Gear shrimp, like you're saying. My problem with that is the wind. You cannot throw that. That thing is the hardest <laughs> bait to throw in the wind. <laughs> it's true. It is. <laughs> it that, is. It's yeah, you got any little bit of wind, and you cannot. That thing just flutters in the air. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, I like the really, really small one. My only problem with the really, really small one is that on, on 10-pound braid with a 15-pound leader or 12-pound leader, you, you, pretty much just can't cast it regardless of wind. There's just not enough weight to it. So, But on that little four-pound outfit, dude, I could sail that thing. <laughs> I could throw that yeah. thing a mile, you know. But um, it's, uh, it's a great lure, man. Check them out if you haven't seen them. Check out uh, their website, Savage Gear. I think it's savagegear.com. Um, you know, we've got them there at the shop. And they've been, it, without a doubt, has been our number, number one selling uh, shrimp imitation soft plastic. 
I mean, I can't hardly keep darn things in stock. So it's a, it's a great bait, especially, like I say, for the shrimp run. Um, I know some guys that have been trying to fish them at night and haul over, you know, just dropping them down like a normal shrimp and working them. And uh, a little bit of success. I think that they need a little scent put on them to, to really capitalize on it. But, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, a good, it's a good bait for sure. Um, the, S, the SST, um, even though it's a swim bait and it's supposed to imitate like a little mullet or something or a small mud minnow, um, to me, it's still probably my number one go-to uh, bait for this time of year. Still throws off a nice vibration. Fish can sense it. They can chase it down. It's it's small enough to kind of kind of mimic a bunch of different things. So uh, yeah, just get after it. And be safe too. Wear nice warm clothes. Um, that's one thing. I, I'll, I will be honest with you. I normally wear waders this time of year. I know it sounds crazy sitting in a kayak all day long with waders, but when it's cold, the water's cold. It's just, it's nice. I know you you do the same thing. You wear your hip waders, but um, when you're uh, when you're out there in the morning, man, and it's freezing, and you get in your kayak and you've got wet feet, and you know you had to walk out in the water a little bit, and you get in that boat and you start paddling or pedaling, it's hard for those your for your your toes to warm up. So uh, wearing the waders definitely helps with that. And like I told cool. Zach, Zach was questioning whether or not he should bring his, his uh, jacket out there with him. I convinced him to take his jacket. You could always take it off. If you don't have it with you, you can't put it on to stay warm. So um, that that's definitely one of those things to to do for sure. But um, going forward, folks, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work the show a little bit differently. Um, next week, we're gonna have actual segments. We're gonna try and bring in maybe a guest a week to see, you know, just to kind of switch it up who wants to talk about what, you know, different manufacturers and things like that. And we're going to go outside the box a little bit. You know, we, we tend to favor our own personal sponsors a little, a little bit, which you can kind of understand. But at the same time, there's a lot of great companies out there that none of us represent that I think we should hear from and, and you know, to know a little bit about. Um, and uh, one of those brands, I guess Alan's tied in with them, but one of those brands that I like to hear from soon is uh, the Wasp camera folks. Um, you guys know that I've been using the Intova cameras lately. Um, I like them a lot. Great cameras, super easy to use. Uh, footage is, is really nice. Um, and I can't wait to see what those guys come out with in the future for, for accessories and such. But uh, the Wasp guys have come out with a couple of really cool things. I'm sure you saw it, Happy, the wristwatch thing that they got. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, there, there's there's cameras out there with remote controls. I know that Swan has a remote control and uh, GoPro has a remote control and Wi-Fi and all that stuff. And so does uh, uh, Intova's got a remote control coming. But um, to wear it on your wrist, it's almost like just wearing a watch. It's not a big deal. You don't have to worry about losing it, misplacing it, forget you know, forgetting where you set it or whatever. It's on you. So. That's pretty neat. Um, we're going to get somebody from uh, from uh, Wasp Camera to come on and talk about their cameras here shortly. Yeah. And then uh, you saw that, you saw what that Wasp camera has on the wrist, though, right? The the remote you know it's remote control on the wrist, but you know what else it has, right? Yeah, it's got the screen on it too. Where you can see what yeah, it's got the, what it's yeah, yes, yeah, it's got that screen awesome. on it. That thing. The first time I saw it, I looked at it, and and immediately. You know, immediately I was saying, I want one. You know, <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, that thing's got a screen on the wrist. Like, oh, i got to have one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome, man, because, I mean, a lot of folks don't want to bring their, their smartphones out there on the water um, and have to control or look at the camera through the smartphone. Because life-proof cases fail from time to time, and, you know, there's a lot of those, you know, other cases that fail from time to time, and it, it it's pretty hard to justify ruining a $400 phone to, to try and use a, uh, a, a, wa- a waterproof camera, you know, effectively, I yeah. guess is what I'm trying to say. But anyhow, um, so we'll have them on. I, I want to get uh, um, fine folks from Banks Wars on the show. Um, I'd like to get some some uh, Akuma guys on the show and, and uh, uh, Shimano and just whoever you guys want to hear from. So just – Feel free, give us a shout, 
uh, either on Facebook or on our personal Facebook pages or on uh, our email addresses. Hit us up and, and feel free to ask us, man. Uh, if you have somebody you want to hear from, a brand you'd like to know a little bit more about, questions you'd like to ask somebody from a specific brand, um, we're open to it. So, you know, feel free to shoot us those that information. Um, but with that, man, the game's on. It's time to go. What uh, what, what what's your plans for the week, man? You gonna try and get out at all this upcoming weekend or what? Uh, I don't. You know, I haven't even thought about what I'm doing Saturday, Saturday or something. I don't even know if I'm hunting. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I mean, right now my back is out, so it's one of those things that I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing anything right now. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I haven't uh. I don't have any plans right now, man. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I just haven't I haven't even thought about it. You know, after having such a long weekend this weekend, I mean, it was such a grueling, it was fun and everything like that, but so tiring. I haven't even, hasn't even gone through my mind what I'm going to do this weekend coming up. All I know is if you're going fishing tomorrow, man, I hope you, whoever goes out in the water tomorrow, you better be ready for that, for that cold weather tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dude, have you been out tonight? I stepped outside, yes, and it was already cooling down, man. <laughs> Dude, I stepped outside a little while ago, and it was it was like hit me in the face. In fact, I walked outside in time to turn around and look, and you know the typical front clouds, that big wall of clouds that comes in, it kind of rolls its way in. It just looks like Armageddon. That was that was just getting to my house, and the wind had just started to pick up, and I was like, oh boy. I don't I don't oh I don't uh I don't feel for anybody who decides to go fishing first thing in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I, I know a couple guys like, that are going duck hunting tomorrow morning. Oh, the hell with that. Yeah, they're yeah. going they're going duck hunting tomorrow morning. I go I told I go, you guys are nuts. It's gonna be it's gonna be downright I mean I mean it's gonna it's it's not gonna be fun, I mean, to to, to be in that stuff. Yeah, no <laughs> ducks don't taste that good, bro. <laughs> no man <laughs> ducks don't taste that good to go out it's like 30 something degrees in the morning ducks don't taste that good for that um and we and we cry about 30 something degrees i read on facebook today one of my buddies um it was negative 22 at his house this morning negative 22 yeah no i'm good man i'm good when it gets when it gets below like 50 it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one one of the guys who was hunting with us this weekend, he was taking a flight yesterday afternoon. We got back, and in the, he had to be at the airport by 7 o'clock at night or something like that. He was flying out to Indianapolis. When he told me he was flying out to Indianapolis, we, we started looking at the weather. It was supposed to be negative 17 or something like that over there. And we were yeah. talking about it beforehand. I go, dude, I go, you are not leaving. Your flight is going to be canceled. There is no way you're flying into Indianapolis. Sure right. enough, the soonest, the, the earliest time, the earliest day that he can get to Indianapolis is Wednesday, they told him. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Well, yeah. we always like to wrap up the show with our uh, sponsors and, and kind of give them a little bit of love. Um, and uh, we'll do that. Again, I want to thank those that have already stepped up and tried to help me out getting down to Panama. Man, I... Let me tell you, uh, I don't have to tell you, that would be a trip of a lifetime. Um, I saw the pictures from last year's trip. They were catching rooster fish up to 60 pounds and yellowfin tuna, 30 or 40 pounds. And, I mean, giant Kubera snapper and amberjacks on plugs and all 300 feet from the beach. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I would be a, a happy, happy man if I could make that trip. So, uh Thank you to those that have always stepped up and helped me out, man. It's uh, It means a lot to me, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go forward from there. But um, if I get to make it down there, man, look for an exciting video to be taken on those Intova cameras. I can tell you that much. I'm going to document the whole thing. So, but, uh, yeah, that is roll awesome. Us out with your, roll us out with your sponsors, bro. All right. Let me see. Uh, uh, Native Watercraft, Aquabound Paddles, Orca Coolers, Harry Biz Outdoor Shops, Laird. Ink, lures, tackle webs, hook one, yak attack, kayaks by bow, KBB outfitters, and tailing toads. Cool. 
Yeah. Yep. And uh, let's see. Who do I got to think? I've got to think. Kobe Kayaks, Orca Coolers, Tackle Webs, Railblazer, Yassir, Ego Nets, ENO, Bending Branches, Slayer and Clore Company, uh, KBB, Real Adrenaline, Energy Drinks, and Ventress Custom Fishing Rods. Um, if you guys are in the market for a custom fishing rod or real adrenaline energy drinks or uh, a new cooler or a new tackle storage system, please, please, please at least give uh, those folks to myself and to Pepe and Alan a, uh, a look-see first. And then try and shop local as much as you can. I know that this past holiday season was record-breaking for online sales and all. It's good. I'm glad that, that those folks that run those businesses did well. Um, the small businesses did well as well. We did we did great. Um, thank you so much to everyone that showed up to Kayaks by Bo and KB Outfitters. Um, it means the world to us to uh, continue to get your business. And, uh, yeah, look forward to uh, 2014 being an epic year for us. Um, I think the growth that some of you have already seen in our shop at KB Outfitters uh, speaks for itself. So uh, we couldn't do it without all of your loyal support and uh, you're the help me out with the show, uh, helping me out on Facebook and stuff. So but with that being said, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but go Auburn. <laughs> God, it hurts. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week, man. Take it easy. God bless. Be safe. See you. Have a good one. See you.